The only way that you're going to accomplish in your marriage, not only being submissive to the will of God, but restoring that marriage is to give yourself to prayer and to fasting and then come together again, lest you be tempted by Satan. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, as we begin a new week, we're continuing our study of the biblical guidelines for a healthy, God-honoring marriage, exploring the Lord's foundational instructions for husbands and wives, as well as for those who are single, Raul will show us that faith and surrender are key. We hope you'll be able to stay with us as we learn to trust God with our hearts as we obey the roles and boundaries He's instituted for the marital relationship. Let's join Raul Reese now in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul the Apostle is the one that is writing to the Corinthians. And he's writing in chapter 7 beginning with verse 1 through 9. He says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, It is good for a man not to touch a woman that is sexually. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Now, Paul is not giving advice that if you're just burning in the desires and the lust of your flesh, just to go out and marry anybody. But he does talk about the problem of sexual immorality. And he says the only way to solve the problem with sexual immorality is for you as a Christian not only to pray for a husband or a wife, but after you find them, then get married and that problem will be solved. And yet, when you think as a husband or as a wife, So many times we think that just because if we get married, we'll never have ever again sexual problems. But that's not true. There have been so many that have been hurt over the years when they have found out that their husband or their wife has been unfaithful to them. This is why Paul is so strong in giving counsel here that if you are married and you're having marriage problems, then take care of them biblically, not according to your own will or to your own ways, because otherwise you'll end up sinning against God and against your own body. Verse 3, he says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife due to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time. Now notice that here 
he begins to give instruction that if you are having problems in your marriage, and if there are problems there in that marriage, then he tells you what to do and how to do it. He says that there is a time where a husband and wife might need to be separated. That is, separated sexually. And that is only to give yourself to prayer and to fastings. So that you can seek the will of the Lord. You can seek God in the problem or situation that you may find yourself under. It may be bitterness. It may be resentment. It may be you've fallen out of love with your husband or your wife, which it happens many times. And so he gives the counsel that if you are having such problems, the only way that you're going to accomplish in your marriage, not only being submissive to the will of God, but restoring that marriage is to give yourself to prayer and to fasting and then come together again. Lest you be tempted by Satan. You need to be careful. Not to tempt one another in that situation. Because he says this. Verse 5. Do not deprive one another except for consent for a time. That you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. And then come together. You see God is always wanting to restore. Not to separate. So that you may come together again. Again, here it is. So that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. That's the problem. You see? Paul says, verse 6. For I wish that all men were even as I am single. But each one has his own gift from God. Some in marriage, some in singleness. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am, single. But if they cannot exercise, here it is again, self-control sexually, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passions or lust. There is the counsel that Paul gives to us. Now, In order for all of us to understand the biblical principles for marriage, not only Paul is establishing some of them here, but I think that if we want to learn about marriage, then we need to go back to the beginning of the book of Genesis, where God instituted the covenant of marriage for husband and wife. Why don't you turn back to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Beginning with verse 18. This is God's plan for every man and for every female. Concerning marriage and divorce. Look what he says beginning with verse 18. And the Lord God said it is not good that a man should be alone. I God will make him a helper comparable to him. Notice God didn't say I'm going to make you a slave. To serve you. It says right from the beginning that God made the woman to be comparable to the man. To be a partner. You see? To be partners together in that marriage. And then he says this. Verse 19. 
And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And notice the intelligence of men. And Adam called each living creature, notice, by its name. And so Adam gave names to all the bird of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. That's the second time God has said that. Notice that. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Notice God saw the emptiness and God did the work in the life of Adam. Somehow, we don't know how, God did surgery in the heart of men. Now, what's amazing, look what he says there, as the Lord caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And then, notice, and as he slept, God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Somehow, God went inside of the body of men to create this woman. Now, what's interesting is that in the Hebrew, there is no word for rib. The closest word in the Hebrew to rib is a curved side. That's it. Literally. But if you want to take it one step further in the languages, what he's saying here is that God took the woman from the closest part of man's heart. He did not create the woman from the top of man's head or from the bottom of man's feet. But he made her equal with men. Notice that. Not less than men. As some men would like to say that. Because now as God puts Adam into a deep sleep, he falls asleep and God does surgery. He takes one of his ribs or the closest part of man's heart and he notice and he closes it up. Verse 22. Then the curved side, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into it, notice, a woman, not a man. And this is what he says. And he brought her to the men. I'm glad God put that in there. Because biblically what he's saying is that the men never ever went out looking for a wife. God knew what he needed and God brought it to him. Here in the Garden of Eden for sure this was the first woman that God created. And I guarantee you she was beautiful. Adam was shocked probably when he saw her. And when he woke up he said this is now... Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. You know what that means? Isha. The name for Hebrew man is Ish, and Isha is woman. Just add an A. I-S-H-A. Isha. She was made from men. He'll tell you. Look what he says. Because she was taken out of men. And so we see that here in verse 18 and 24, we have God's divine plan for who? For marriage. God's order for each one of us. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're committed to equipping you with God's life-shaping word. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 for an array of scripture-based resources, including this comprehensive marriage series on MP3. Let's return now to the final part of today's study, Building a Godly Marriage. Now, as God now is putting things together here and man now has a wife, 
We see that man's desire has been foreseen by God, but at the same time, man's desire was fostered by God Himself. You see, God is the one that saw the need in man's heart. God sees and God makes the distinction between the animal kingdom and human beings, just as He did here in the Garden of Eden. The woman was brought to the man so that she could be protected by her husband. Secondly, to be close to his heart. And three, to be loved by her husband constantly. Pretty heavy when you think about that. You know what's amazing to me is that when God speaks in the New Testament... In Ephesians 5, 1 Peter chapter 3, Colossians chapter 2, where it speaks about marriage. He not once says, wives, love your husbands. It's always husbands, love your wives. We are commanded to love our wives. Yeah, but you say, but wait a minute, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. Yes, if you love your wife. That's the command. If a husband is not loving his wife, then how can she submit to him when he's not the head? When God has called you to be the head of your home. He's called you to lead your wife in prayer and to read the word with her. To make decisions with her. To be her protector. And to watch over her. Because she has different feelings than you have. And when you took those vows, when you got married, you said, for better, for worse, until death do us part, so help me God, I do. Because look what he said again in verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife. That word joined in literally means to be glued. Now, duties concerning to husbands, let me give you number one duty. He is, and this is a command, husbands, You are to love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That is, you are even willing to die for your wife sacrificially. Ephesians chapter 5.25 says that. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That is denying of yourself and dying for your wife. Dying to your pride. Dying to your ego. Being submissive to God and to your wife. And giving yourself to your wife. The church here is symbolic. Like the husband is a type. The husband is to be the head. Christ is the head over the husband. The husband is the head over the wife. And the children. He's the one to instruct and to rule. Secondly, he is to live with her for life. Not just for 10 years, 15, 20 years, 30 years. Until death do us part. In Matthew chapter 19, 6, he said, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate ever again. Thirdly, a husband is to be faithful, listen, or trustworthy to his wife. Can your wife trust you? Are you faithful to your wife? Malachi chapter 2, 14, 16. Listen to what he says. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. With whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But did he not make them one? Having a remnant of the spirit. Why one? 
He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. Notice that. He hates divorce. For it covers one's garment in violence. And it means it stains you. And he's talking about those men. They were divorcing their wives. Because their wives were no longer in shape. And they were getting old. And they looked at these young girls that were heathens. And they went ahead and divorced them. And went after these women. And God curses them here. God hates divorce he said. For it covers one's garment with violence, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal with your wife treacherously. That also is talking about abusing your wife verbally, physically. You have to be careful how you not to stain your garments with blood by mistreating your wife. Fourthly, The husband is to be satisfied with his wife physically and sexually. Proverbs 5, 18, 19 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. And as a loving dear and graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. That means you continue to kindle that fire with one another. Five. He is to instruct his wife. You as a husband need to take the leadership of your home by instructing your wife in the word of God. That's what he says. You're to be the spiritual leader of the home. In Ephesians 5.26 he said that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word of God. That's to the husbands. The husband is to teach his wife and his children. Six. He is to honor his wife. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise dwell with your wives with understanding. Now what he's talking about is that a husband is to be compassionate and understanding in what his wife is going through. Because women go through a lot of emotional things. That's the way God created them. And so he's calling husbands to be understanding and compassionate. Otherwise, what happens if you're not, then you become bitter and you become angry. And if you do that, God says here, then God cannot answer your prayers. They'll be hindered. Listen to the rest of the scripture. Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You see, your prayers will be hindered if you don't love your wife, if you're bitter towards your wife, and you're coming against her, then how can God bless your life? He can't. God expects you to love her and to take care of her. This is what God declares. And then seventh and lastly, men are to be the providers of their homes. Men are to be the provider of their own. If the husband is healthy and he can work, then he should be taking care of his home. Now I know that today it takes two incomes to actually take care of the home. But at the same time, if you don't need your wife to work, let her stay home and take care of her children. That's better than going to work. That's what he's teaching here. So important. 
Because otherwise, what's going to happen to the children if they don't have the right training? Listen to what he says. 1 Timothy 5.8 But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Worse than an unbeliever. If there's a husband in the house and he's making his wife work and he's healthy, but he's just slothful and lazy, he says he's worse than an unbeliever. And he says that he has denied the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the most terrible thing a man can do. Not to provide for the needs of his home. Now, for women, seven things. Number one, be submissive to her husband. And again, let me clarify that. Because <laughs> the husband's going there right now marking it. <laughs> as long as the husband is loving and he's kind and he's in line with Jesus Christ as a spiritual leader of your home, he's going to make godly decisions, then you're submissive to him. But if he's ungodly, how can you submit to him then? That's why so many women in homes where Christian men are not walking with God and not making the right decisions, or there's an unbeliever in the home, the wife will take what? The role of the man and be the spiritual leader of the home with her kids. Because the husband's not doing it. So she takes over. You've got to take position. She needs to be in submission to her husband in love. First Peter 3, 5, 6 says this for women. For in this manner of former times, the holy women who trusted God also dressed themselves, but being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, having him call him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and not afraid with any terror. You see? Now you don't have to call him Lord. But he's talking about the respect that the wife has to her husband. Does your wife respect you because you're the head of your home? Otherwise, how can she respect you? Secondly, she is to be respectful to her husband. Ephesians 5.33 says this too. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband or reverence her husband in the Lord. Thirdly, she is to learn from her husband. As her husband teaches her, instructs her. 1 Corinthians 14, 34. Let your women keep silent in the church. And all the men said, Amen. Ah, that's a problem. Watch the rest of the scripture. For they are not permitted to speak. There it is. For they are to be submissive, as the law said also. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their husbands at home. It is a shameful thing for a woman to speak in the church. You know how many people have taken that and made it a doctrine? Hundreds. That's not what he's saying. Take it in its context. In the synagogue, you had one place for the women to sit and the men on the other side while the rabbi taught the word of God. What was happening in the Corinthian church and the rabbis among the Jews is that the women coming to Shabbat or coming to synagogue time, they were actually listening to the Bible study and they would say, Now, honey, what does he mean by that? And what was happening is they were interrupting the meetings. It doesn't mean that a woman is not to say one word. But he's teaching for the husband to go home and instruct his wife in what was said at the synagogue. Otherwise there would be chaos in the synagogue and nothing would be accomplished. That's the text. So don't let people tell you that women are to be quiet and to say, Yes, honey. No, honey. Okay, honey. No, that's not what it says. Okay. That's not what it says. 
every person's view of marriage is impacted by a unique set of variables, from past history to current experience. But we've seen today that all of us need to choose trust and obedience in this important area of life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We weren't able to include everything that Raul taught in today's message, but you can get a full copy by calling us at 800-634-9165 and requesting Raul's lesson titled, Building a Godly Marriage. We'll send a copy to you for a donation of $5 or more. Now, as you reflect on the ways you can better honor God in your choices— We'd like to offer you our entire 20-part marriage series on an MP3 flash drive. This comprehensive study includes a bonus interview with Rawl and his wife Sharon, as well as a wealth of insights from Scripture. Exploring God's sovereign design for marriage, you'll see that He will bless you richly when you embrace His perfect plan. To order Rawl's 20-part marriage series, including the interview with Sharon, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $30 or more. The phone number once again is 800-634-9165. If you choose to order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you for partnering with us in sharing God's Word through these programs. Every gift you give is truly a blessing. We love studying the Bible with you, and we hope you'll join us again next time. As we continue this series, we'll reflect on the Lord's unchanging design for marriage and explore how to navigate the world's shifting approach to this key relationship. We hope you'll join us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.